And welcome back to the podcast. We are not at Kidding Me, as per usual. We're not even at a restaurant. For once, we're actually in our room. And by the way, we are starting this podcast at one thirty-eight in the morning. One <laughs> thirty-eight in the morning. Good so morning, listeners. This is not going to be a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. Ah, uh, fortunately not. Because we actually have something to do tomorrow at 12. That is going to be interesting. <laughs> so, um, today, before the first A sessions, there was a knock on our door. Kind of surprised look uh, on our faces. I got up, opened the door, and there's a policeman in front of me. Well, and more than one. More than one. Actually, there were four policemen at our hotel door. And they even, yeah, they didn't even wait. They just walked in, basically. One of them. One of them, yeah. The others followed. Two in plain clothes, two in uniform. Um, and turns out we are going to have a little interview with them. <laughs> For some reason. We still are not entirely sure why, and we don't... Yeah, this we might be the last podcast from Ningbo, <laughs> yeah. all you guys know. Yeah, the next podcast might be from jail, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. um, You shouldn't have opened this bank account, Ned, I told you. <laughs> the bank account apparently caused some problems, Yeah, raised some suspicions, but, um, you know, I don't... Uh, I don't entirely understand what they... You know, we, we did end up talking to the... The police officers kind of like... They seemed th- friendly. They, they it wasn't sm- a hostile situation. No, no, no. They, they were like smiling and... Yeah, like, like overly friendly almost. Yeah, uh, eh, I don't know. Eh. But they... um, They... Two of them, the plainclothes ones, one of whom speaks English somewhat. Not not very well, but speaks English. Um, They waited in the lobby... Um, so we talked to them for maybe five minutes or so, and we were kind of like, uh, what, yeah, do you, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah, we want to uh. uh, talk to you. <laughs> and it was, we have to say, it was like 30 minutes before we had to be at a, at a stadium for the A groups. Yeah, so we couldn't talk to them. Yeah. So we kind of explained, um, well, I mean, okay, so you want to talk to us. What What about? <laughs> yeah. See, this is, I don't, I, they to them, it seemed like a totally normal situation. Yeah. They, they were like, they were like, uh, we're going to come to your room, walk inside, tell you that we want to talk to you. Um, and by the way, we're all police officers. And we were just like, what, what, what did we do? Did like, yeah. you know, did we like jaywalk or something? Like, I don't know. I was like, I can't think of anything we did that was illegal. So yeah. I'm like, it's kind of a strange, uh, it's kind of a strange thing, but they, to them, it was like, Oh, this is just like normal for, <laughs> the police just to show up at your uh, hotel room door and, crazy, and, be, yeah. and be like, hey, we want to talk to you or something like that. So um, so the way that happened is um, the organizers, one of the organizers, gave uh, our what, names. Do, do you know that she gave them? Yeah. Did she say it? Yeah, she okay. said it. Like she forwarded our info and that's how we got to visit, basically. So, But I don't I'm, know. I mean, she, so going going back a little bit, so basically when we got our accreditation or even before we got our accreditation when we showed up in Ningbo kind of without accreditation or pretty much yes without accreditation yeah no it wasn't like we didn't try we didn't just kind of surprise the organizers I mean we did email them I don't remember if we talked about this on a previous yeah. podcast did we go into on the it first or one I think we talked about it yeah it's tough for me to remember what we talked about in the early ones but um, we we showed up kind of having emailed them and having 
not really gotten much in the way of a response. Oh yeah, we did talk about this because that was Stitch when they was basically, surprised, yeah, yeah like she, they, they, they're like, oh yeah, we're surprised to see you here. Yeah. Um, so we we did get some you know very helpful support from like the Asian Weightlifting Federation and some from the IWF and and whatnot, and we did eventually get get accreditation. But in the process of getting accreditation, they wanted like all sorts of info from us. They wanted to know like what was your flight in, what's your flight out, even though. You know, at, at a lot of competitions, they do ask for that if you're a participant, but they're asking for it so they can arrange transportation for you. So they can pick you up. Yeah. yeah. So, like, for instance, the organizers know the flight in, flight out of every lifter in the competition for the most part. Hmm. Um, but usually I just write not applicable on my media forms because I'm usually arranging my own transportation. And in this case, I'm actually staying for a couple. I mean, like three days after the competition ends. Yeah. <clears throat> so their their uh, transportation people won't be around anyway, and I'm not going from a competition hotel. So like, I'm not getting transportation, but for some reason they just wanted to know my flight info. And another thing they wanted to know was our hotel and our room number, <laughs> which at the time I thought was kind of strange because I've never given that information to any organizer ever. Um. But anyway, so Gregor is the one who has this uh, woman from the Chinese Federation on his WeChat. I haven't talked to her at all beyond just hmm. a brief in-person conversation at the hotel, um, you know, when we first got here. Yeah. But you could tell the listeners, what, what did she say? Because, I mean, I know Gregor wrote to her and said, hey, why are police officers showing up at our door? Yeah, she said, um, don't worry about it. Um, it's normal. Just answer the questions is what she said. And... Uh, yeah, don't worry about it, is what she said. Yeah. It was like five lines that you wrote me. And she, today, during the competition, she came up to me and made sure, yeah, it's just going to be uh, some normal questions. Yeah. Which I was like, no, this is not normal. <laughs> well, okay, so Maybe. it's not that it's um, unusual to be asked questions. Like, mm -hmm. as an example, um, when we were at Worlds in Ashgabat this past year, oh, yeah. the organizers came up to and interviewed on TV... Uh, dozens of people me me included um and the, but but that was know, an interview that, that was an interview yeah and they wanted to ask everyone questions like hey how was it you know like what do you think of turkmenistan you know is it beautiful all that stuff like yeah. you know I, I mean some people you know at home would be like oh you know that's like propaganda for you know turkmenistan tv or this or that and you know maybe it is maybe it isn't i mean i gave them the truthful answer which was that the area of Turkmenistan that I've seen, which includes about three blocks worth, is great. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really, it's really modern. There's a nice mall across the street. Venue's great. Yep. You know everything. You know the food was pretty good for the most part. I mean, like it was, you know, it was fine. But but I was like, I was like, I haven't seen much of Turkmenistan. I've seen a couple blocks worth. Yeah. This this couple blocks is great. So I pretty much told them. The truth. I wasn't going to lie and be like, all of Turkmenistan is beautiful because I haven't seen all of mm -hmm. Turkmenistan. But anyway, so it is not too unusual for organizers or local people or this or that to ask you questions. What's extremely unusual and kind of jarring and <laughs> something that they should rethink here if they want people to feel welcome is they shouldn't come to your room unannounced. Yeah. And say, hey, we're police. Exactly. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? That definitely has never <laughs> happened to me. In, I must say, in Turkmenistan, 
I got a call from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. They assigned a person to me who yeah, visited yeah. me in the training hall. So, but even so, yeah, he called me. He gave me like an advance notice that he would come <laughs> and, and see me. Yeah, it would have been weird if you know in in Turkmenistan we were at the venue pretty much all day, so it would yeah. it couldn't happen at the same time as here. But it would have been weird if someone came to your hotel room at midnight in Turkmenistan and say, yeah. "Hey, uh, here's four police officers. We want to ask you questions." Yeah, you, you would have been a lot more weirded out. Like the foreign affairs guy in Turkmenistan was kind of annoying you, mm-hmm. but you weren't like worried about him. You weren't you weren't exactly. like you weren't like what in the world is this yeah. guy up to? You 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 were like this guy just won't stop calling me. And yeah. you're, you're um, you know, everyone everyone in Turkmenistan was kind of assigned what some people in the West I think would call like a government minder, but that really wasn't what it was because. Most of them didn't, like, work for the government. Most of them were, like, kids who were volunteers. Hmm. And also, they weren't, uh, like, following you around. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a government minder, like, you know, 100 feet behind me at every given moment. Hmm. Like, in, in like if you were to visit, like, DPRK, by all indications, I've never been there, but by all indications, if you want to go do something, you pretty much have to go with an actual government minder, not, like, a random kid who's just there to kind of help you so um now in dprk if you're in like an approved area like you can like wander around inside your hotel mm-hmm. without a government minder but if you want you can't just like you know go on a jaunt across the city in north korea without that from yeah. what i understand now in um ashgabat it was kind of like in between like a tour guide and north korea it was something in between that because they certain certainly weren't just like like a helpful, friendly organizer, because they kept checking in with us and asking us questions like, mm-hmm. hey, where are you? What are you doing? This and that. So it was kind yeah. of a little bit over the top, but it wasn't anything like, oh, we're going to follow you around. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. we left the the, competi- or like the, the comp- competition home. area yeah. one night, and we went to a restaurant with um, a couple, Hoja. like, basically, a, yeah, the Hoja um, Toichiev, um, the Turkmen super, and he took us there. And as far as I know, we weren't followed by anyone. I mean, yeah. I certainly didn't notice it. Unless they, Hoja is one of them. Unless, unless Hoja is one of them. But um, well done, you know, Turkmenistan. <laughs> if so, yeah, they, they they got us, I guess. But if someone was following us, they're like an extremely skilled yeah. like government agent because we were like yeah, no zipping way. and zagging through the city, and yeah. like there was no one in like the tunnel behind us, and this and that, like. It was such a deserted area, it would have been really easy to spot anyone following you because they weren't letting people into this area. Anyway, so it was it was kind of jarring to have police show up. Uh, I was never worried because, uh, you know, I think if I'd done something wrong, I would have been like, oh, shit. That was my first, uh, oh, shit, what did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I knew we, we had, <laughs> haven't done anything wrong, so I was at no point was, like, my heart beating or mm-hmm. was I like, oh, you know, we're we're in trouble or blah, 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 blah. Like, I just thought like, this is weird. Yeah. Like this is just weird. Like, and you know, they, they really should learn like better. Uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if manners is the right word, but like they should it learn is. like better procedure for yeah. asking visitors questions. If they want to ask Mr. Visitors questions, no problem. If one of them, even a police officer in uniform had come up to me at mm. the competition and said, Hey, like, don't worry. There's nothing bad, but like, we just want to ask you questions about your visit and the organization and the security here and blah 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 blah. Hmm. And we just want to get, um, you know, someone, uh, a non-Chinese person's uh, take on this or something like that. I've yeah. been like, fine, that sounds good. Yeah. Like, come up to me at the venue. You don't have to come to someone's room because then you're just weirding them out. 
Exactly. You so that I mean? makes me wonder, have there been in our room <laughs> while we have not been here? Um, um, I mean, there's no indication of it because everything is still... Everything's still a complete mess. Complete mess, yeah. Um, I mean, I will say that I have not noticed any of my stuff being moved around. Yeah. But one day, which actually was the day that our beds were neatened up. Mm-hmm. Because I, I guess I should explain this to the listeners. Usually when we're traveling, we put like a do not disturb thing on our door. Yeah. Not so much that I'm worried about like them stealing my stuff. Because let's face it, they, they have room keys. If they want to steal your stuff, they can steal your stuff because I'm, I'm gone for so much of the day. But what I'm more so worried about is like I just don't like the the idea of them moving a bunch of my stuff around because then I have trouble finding it because it's kind of like... Yeah. It is it is a mess, but it's also a it slightly organized chaos. I know a lot of potential to break things. Like yeah, know, yeah, like they could kick contacts. over, they could kick over a lens or something, mm-hmm. or they could knock you know something over. Or, you know, I leave my laptop on the floor next to the bed. Like yeah. I would just prefer to not get cleaning service every day. Sometimes, like midway through the trip or something like that, we'll be like, okay, today's the day we'll move our stuff out of the way and yeah. and have them clean the room. But there was one day that even though we've told the front desk here we didn't want any cleaning service, there was one day we came back and our beds were neatened up. Yeah. And that day I noticed that someone had tried to access my computer. Hmm. And I knew that because of basically the, the authentication system on the MacBook basically said like that I had to input my password. And that doesn't happen unless you try to get in a few times. Um, and I know because I had entered my password recently, so... The way it works is, I mean, not to, no one really cares about all this, but I'm, I'm going to skip over that part, I guess. But basically, I knew that someone had tried to enter my laptop. So that was really the only indication I've seen that someone was, like, searching our rooms. But, you know, I don't really care that much if someone searches the rooms. I told Gregor this earlier today when we were talking about it. I'm like, I don't have anything to hide in here. It's like, it's like a bunch of dirty laundry and, like, random weightlifting knickknacks and stuff like that and yeah. of course there are some val- valuable camera items the only thing i would care about is if i came back and something valuable was missing then i would yeah. be upset and trying to do something about it and call people i know and blah blah blah, blah and you know try to report it to the local police or i don't even know what you do in china but you know, other than that, I don't really care that much. Like, I'm I'm not one of these people that's like super hyper private. Like, there's nothing crazy here. It it it, it is what it is. It's a bunch of weightlifting knickknacks, some camera gear, and dirty mm-hmm. clothes, dirty mm-hmm. and clean clothes. It's still weird, though. It shouldn't happen. I mean, I mean, Gregor cares about this stuff way more than I do. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not saying it should happen, no, but no, I'm, I'm saying I'm that I also more, don't care. Yeah, I like to, to keep the government out of my private life. And having them come into my room is kind of weird. So I'm always pro, leave me alone. Well, to be fair, we don't know that they came into our room. That's true. I mean, we we certainly don't have any sort yeah. of... Like, if I'd noticed a bunch of my stuff shifted around, mm. um, then I would definitely be much more suspicious that maybe they did. Yeah. As far as we know, they just came to our room today once. To, to talk to us. To talk just to us. Just have a friendly yeah, yeah. conversation, yeah. All right. So anyway, that's um, the that's the police update. I'm trying to think of what else we did today. We went back to the bank. I, you know, I went and saw my my yeah. local bank branch that I'm gotta now, say now hello once of. in a while. Keep yeah. the relationship um, or say hello the next day. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then, what else did we do? We uh, what did we eat? We had Korean for lunch. Yep. Great good. Korean. And this place is literally like just 20 meters from our hotel. Yeah. So good. Had some great Korean. We um, 
we had a slightly different dinner, just skipping over the weightlifting for a sec, because we, sh- we should, like, give people a timestamp where it's, like, if you want to skip over yeah. random banking system slash police system slash surveillance talk, then you can jump to this timestamp. So once we start uh, weightlifting, tap this button, and we add a chapter. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, we're using this new new app that Gregor got. So... Um, for dinner, we stopped at like a random, basically, it's kind of like a dumpling shop. Um, they had some other stuff. Like I got a dumpling soup and mm-hmm. I saw they had non dumpling items on the menu as well. But for the most part, it's like kind of specializes in dumpling, not just Shaolong Bao, but they did have yeah. Shaolong Bao on the menu, but they also had like fried, fried dumplings and breeze. some other stuff. Um, I had like 18 or I half of yours probably you had a bunch of mine because yeah. i had the soup yeah so we we got dumplings it cost a total of 28 rmb Which for, is- for a fair amount of food yeah and 28 rmb equates to about four euros right definitely less than five because 60 is i'm not sure what it is in dollars but 60 is ten dollars well one dollar is 6.66 ah, rmb 6.6. So so, so we're looking at maybe four fifty. Okay. So four dollars and fifty cents for like a couple dozen dumplings and a bowl of soup with even more dumplings in it. <laughs> like pretty pretty cheap. So um, and what uh, like after midnight? Yeah. No, we didn't even get there until about twelve thirty. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We should also mention we went back to the. Uh, well, it's the same chain, but we went back to the spa. Oh yeah. Um. That's why our day got a little bit pushed back um, our dinner. Yeah, after mm. after the session ended, we went to the spa. These these spa things I have here in China are amazing. I, it's ridiculous. I, I really wish they would have them at home. But we went back to the spa. This was the same chain, but a different location than the one we went to before. We managed to do it this time without a Chinese speaker, which was pretty good. We just did a little bit of Google Translate, mm-hmm. and so you basically get like an eighty minute like head, followed by foot and calf. Head, yeah. Oh, no, head. Yeah, head, head is what how it starts. Okay. Then it's followed by, like, foot and calf kind of, like, alternating a bit, mm-hmm. including, like, that. that's, like, actually, like, um, with, like, oil and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, like, foot and calf, and they really go pretty ham. Like, my calves, there were a couple times where I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely feel that in my calf. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, you flip around. Then they flatten out the bed, and you flip onto your stomach, and then they like walk on your back for a while. Yeah, with with their knees, and it feels well, amazing. Well, they walk bed. on your back with their knees and their feet because oh, uh, yeah. tonight I was get, definitely getting like straight up walked on, not need. Oh really? I just got need. Oh really? Huh. Yeah, no, I got I got need and walked on, but I think the first place I was getting like it's tough to tell because you know your face is in the, yeah. the thing, you're not looking at what's going on, and like I'm kind of like half falling asleep. But um, I hope the, it was women that was massaging us. Maybe the yeah. women. Went, I don't know. Went maybe outside. the living room. I don't know. But I, honestly, I don't care really who massages me if they do a good job. But they, um, yeah, like they they kind of like knee you slash walk on your back and then that's it. And they also bring you some food and some tea and you can, you can order food like real food, but they just bring you some like fruit and you know some yeah, like some cookies snacks. and little, little stuff. But here's the interesting thing about, about this. So they told me when we walked in there that it would be 168 RMB per person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to translate all of this into dollars. You guys can do the math. 6.66 is, is what it is. So it started out being 168. 
so I was like, okay, no problem. We, you know, we went, we got the massage, we were finished. Um, we went downstairs to pay and they told me the total and they said what, it, what they had told me for, which was, uh, 168 RMB per person. I was like, okay. I was holding up my WeChat payment code. They literally could have like scanned it and we would have been on our way. Yeah. And then they started talking, you know, something, something, something in Chinese. These guys like, look super athletic. Look at their amazing legs. This, I think that's what it translated to. I don't think that's what it translated to. Yeah, in Gregor's head, that's what it translated yeah. to. In German, Chinese, that's what it translated to. Exactly. Then um, they started talking. And then I saw them break out the calculator. And then they started, like, running some numbers and blah, 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 blah. And third person came. Yeah, a third guy. someone. A third guy came and they were calling someone. And I kind of had a feeling that what they were talking about was basically some sort of, like, visitor discount or something like that. Or yeah. some sort of... Um, participant, uh, discount, part- participant discount for yeah. people in the weightlifting championships or people... Not necessarily lifters, but people who have, like, accreditation for the weightlifting championships. Yeah. And the prior time that we'd done the the spa thing, we'd been there with a Chinese speaker, the guy from Awesome underscore weightlifting, and whose name is Li Bai... Great guy, by the way. And so Lee Bai had basically told us, next time bring your accreditation and you'll get a discount. And I was, I, I did bring it, but I was basically like, you know what, like I don't really feel like getting out my, you know, Google Translate and this and that, because the last time it had been like 153 RMB per person. Mm. So and what I was safe to- 13 RB. Yeah, so I was like I was like this is only like a this is, this is only like a dollar 50 or something like that. Mm. I was like I'm not going to take out my VIP thing and Google Translate and try and argue for this because then they're going to call someone and ask about the discount and then we're going to just be standing here for 15 minutes while they try to figure out if they're allowed to give us a discount. I was like, you know what? I was like I'm not going to bother. If I had thought it was like a pretty big discount, then I would have probably taken out my accreditation and said something mm. um, but I, I who cares it's like a dollar fifty or two dollars I was like this is stupid I was like I'm not going to bother I'm just going to pay this and that way we can just go get food because I was hungry so um, but then they started talking and then I was like you know what I think they're talking about the discount and I saw the number that she had calculated on her little calculator and I was like that's actually a decent discount if that's what it is So then I was, I just took my accreditation out of my pocket and just like put it on the counter. I didn't even show it to them. I was like, I'm just going to put it on the counter. And, and if they're about to ask us if we have accreditation, I can just hold it up. That was my thought process. Yeah. But then as soon as I took it out, they looked at it and they're like, oh, okay. And then they, you know, talked amongst themselves for another minute. And then they were like, oh, well, it's actually 236 total. For, for two persons. For two people. So it went from 162 or 168 or 162, I can't remember now, hmm. um, Something somewhere in that range, to 118. Which, which is something like we like 17 or 18 dollars. Yeah, now once again, it's not really that big of a discount because like, you know, we're like in dollars, we're, 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 we're just telling this long story about getting like a $7 discount. <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> but, but you know, like uh, it's still, it's still, it's just like, it's um, it's crazy how cheap this place is because yeah. so it's only 118. And keep in mind, this place is really nice. Like you would walk in there, and in the U.S., this would be considered a high-end spa. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's nice not like like some of the other like massages I've gotten in other countries have been. I would say 
seedy looking. Not necessarily seedy in like the like the you know happy ending sense, but seedy looking. Again, as an example, um, I've told people about this before, um, but I once got massages in Chiang Mai at 2014 Asians, where it was literally in the middle of the ho- middle of the the mall. Oh, yeah. Like people people were walking by like while I was like getting massages. I think I talked about that on the first podcast, so I'll need to go into it. So, but that that one I was literally in like a plastic beach chair. You know what I mean? This place that we were at tonight is not a plastic beach chair. We're in like a really nice, like high end, well appointed, like yeah. like brand new renovated place with like very, very nice like fixtures and lighting and carpet yeah, very, and everything and whatever. It's like a very, very nice place. Our room, very nice. You go, you come in, you have these two chairs, they you can And not just like flat. chairs, like these are like big chairs. Yeah. yeah. This is this is like a mini couch that you have mini couch and it's in the front it has a detachable um, front it's like a de- detachable front or oh, the little, upper is det- detachable I, th- I guess yeah the top is detachable so you it's it basically sink. there's like yeah there's like a like a foot spa built into the chair which is a, yeah which is great um but anyway so all all that and an 80 minute massage plus food in this really nice place for 118 RMB like we're talking about like seventeen dollars or something like that. Maybe I'm doing the math wrong, but that's why I think it is. How much like, would it be in the U.S.? I mean, I, first of all, something like this, as far as I know, doesn't exist in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen a place that does this. No, I've seen places that will do. Like for instance, there's a spa that I've been to a few times with my girlfriend in Philadelphia, where what they do, and we've got we've gone and done this twice. Once it was for my birthday, and another time it was for uh, another, basically just like occasion. But it was kind of like this, like couples massage, where um, it was basically like we're just on like two separate tables. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is in a really really nice spot in the center of Philadelphia. But this thing, it's literally hundreds of dollars, and 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 um, and not like two hundreds. <laughs> this, is, this is like oh my god this is like a very very expensive thing and it's something that i would only consider doing at most this is like high end but personally I, w- I would probably do it about once a year or something like that it is really relaxing and there's a lot of nice things like it kind of includes a whole bunch of other like spa treatments and um you know you also like get to spend the whole day there so you can like go by their pool or and they have like a sauna steam room blah blah blah, all this other stuff it it is it is super nice um but it's so expensive and it's not like this other one because for instance this spa in philadelphia there's no option for food you don't have a private room for like the whole thing i mean you do have a private room for the treatment obviously you're not like in the room with you know random other people but um you know, you don't have this private room with, like, the TV and blah, 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 kind of like what we have at this thing. And it's just so much more expensive. Like, by a factor of, I don't even know. It's almost like a factor of 10. 10, 15, probably. Yeah, not not 15, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a factor of 8 to 10 times more expensive for what you get, which is just nutty. And it's really not much nicer. Like, it's not like the spa is, like, significantly nicer than this place or be? whatever. I mean- yeah, this place is really nice. So it's just, I, I wish that these places existed, and I wish they existed for um, something a little bit more reasonable. Like, massages to me have always seemed to be a, like a really expensive thing. It's like, 
It's why I've never gotten one in Germany. Like, why does it cost a hundred dollars or whatever for you to get someone to basically like massage your muscles for like an hour to an hour and a half? Yeah, because it doesn't take like advanced schooling to be a masseuse, right? I hope maybe if you're a masseuse and listening to this, leave a comment. I don't know. Like it's always seemed like a very very strange. Um, yeah, like strangely expensive thing. Now, I do understand that the the labor costs in China are much cheaper than the labor costs in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a reason for that. Like in the U.S., we just have higher per capita GDP. Yeah. Now, I know there's a, a, obviously a ton of wealthy people, a, a very huge and growing middle class in China, but there's also a lot of poor people in China. That's yeah. partly just because China has so many people. That you're you're literally talking about hundreds of millions of poor people, um, that that need a job that kind of have like you know, uh, very very low uh, kind of payment requirements. Mm. But first of all, we're in the middle of a city here, and cities are not where you find like the really poor yeah. Chinese. A lot of them are in rural areas. Uh, of course, there are some, but the, in general, the cities tend to have wealthier people. But also, we're, it's not like we were being massaged by like homeless people or something like that or people no, they all have a uniform they all yeah they're you know it's like a very like nice place everyone is like you know well put together and all that stuff yeah. but it's still to, to me it seems like almost like it's cheaper here than it should be and in the u.s it's more expensive than it should be yeah. it's kind of like they need to meet in the middle <laughs> somewhere it would be great and like, i'm glad we got a massage on our last day before we go to jail tomorrow yeah exactly <laughs> um, um all right, so anyway, we're, we're now 30 minutes in, so it's probably a good time to switch to talking about weightlifting. Yeah. All right, boom. Gregor just had, hit add chapter, so... I hope it worked. Well, know. now it says chapter one. Were we on chapter zero before? Should I just try hitting add chapter again? No, so don't, don't, don't do don't it Don't do it again? No. Can't have that many chapters. Yeah. All right, so, so talk about weightlifting. So first session today was 76A. You told me before this is one of the sessions you were looking forward to the most on the women's side because it was actually a good battle. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to the battle. Like I actually look forward to good competitions more so than I look forward to one-sided like one person's going to dominate this sort of competition. Kind yeah, of like 73s. Kind of like I didn't actually look forward to Lasha's session th- that much in mm-hmm. in Georgia. I mean, don't get me wrong, I looked forward to it only Really, in the sense that I was curious about how much Lasha would attempt. Yeah, that was what I was curious about. I, I wasn't like it's not necessarily to me. It's not that exciting to watch someone just come out, smoke two attempts. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else you know does all their stuff. Okay, the same person comes out, smokes a couple of attempts. Like it's not. It's just not as interesting. I like to watch these like ones where it's a little bit uncertain. Like, mm-hmm. like for instance, I thought the eighty nine session was, I mean, arguably the best session that I saw here and it wasn't like the lifting was no. out of this world where I was like, Oh my God, like what a, you know, what, you know, what a series of world record. It wasn't like, you know, the one Oh five session in Almaty where you're like, Oh, Holy crap. But, yeah. but it had some unexpected, um, well, things in it had a good fight, you know, yeah. uh, I know this is from a few days ago now, but it had a good fight in the snatch between like John, John, Yon Hawk. I can't say names. So just forgive good. me, but, yeah. Um, I know how to spell his name, but I can't say his name. So I do know his name technically, I guess. But uh, so Jong or Yon Hak from Korea, he um, 
he ended up winning. But there was also, you know, some other good snatches, like Masood made a big 165 snatch. And so there was a good snatch battle, and it also set up, like, a good battle in the clean and jerk because the best clean and jerker in the competition was Yu Dongju, and everyone kind of knew that, or at least I knew that. I didn't realize he would make as much as he ended up making, but he didn't clean it, or sorry, he didn't snatch that well. He only snatched 60. Yeah. And of course, like Ali Miri did, I believe, a 161 snatch or something like that. And so there, there was a lot of, it set up a good battle in the clean and jerk, and then there was a lot of back and forth in the clean and jerk, and then Ali Miri hit um, a big clean and jerk at 205 to kind of take the lead, which forced Yu Dongju to take a bigger clean and jerk to retake the lead. And um, we were talking about people basically setting PRs. Like Ali Miri's PR in his life is 207. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a competition PR for him. The 207 was in training. Mm-hmm. So it's like people were literally like hitting PRs. And I'm, I mean, I don't know. Yu Dongju's numbers. Um, I guess I maybe will try to ask if I see him around. I'm not. I'm guessing he left because I know um, Yon Hak left. Oh. But um, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that 207 was a PR anyway. So like 89 was really good, and the, the reason I was really looking forward to 76s was, you know, in the 49s I knew that who who would win. I'm, I'm probably saying her name wrong. I really wish I could say her name. Ho maybe or who Ho? I don't know, who knows. Whatever. We knew she would win, the Chinese girl with the short hair. Mm-hmm. In the um, 55s, you pretty much knew that Liao yeah, was going to win. Yeah. Like It was never close that like Haiti was going to beat her. Maybe Haiti could have like taken a snatch medal because Liao's a little bit weaker in the snatch, but it was never like a really good battle in the overall. And then... 59. In yeah. 59s... Um, okay. Actually, that, that was had potentially a good battle, but it turned out to be... Guo was just too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Guo was a little bit more injured, then maybe <laughs> maybe it would have been a good battle. But yeah. when when Guo's not injured, it's just like she's just the best fifty nine. Like if she's healthy in Tokyo, she's going to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that other people can do to stop that. But she is injury prone, so I don't I don't think she's by any means a lock for gold in Tokyo just because of that alone. Yeah, by the way, when I was filming her in Taiwan, um, when she took off her um, kinesio tape. She showed me, because you know she had this crazy accident in 20, oh, when was it? When the bar crashed, crashed on her and she had to go to the hospital. And she, to this day, she still has, like, you can see the muscle has a dent. Yeah. It landed, like, a whole bunch of muscle, like, ripped off. And you can still see that. Yeah. So, yeah, she has trouble with both knees, so. Yeah, she has, she's basically being, like, pieced together by, like, the medical system in Taiwan. And yeah. Kind of holding her together with kinesio tape, uh, you know, yeah. to to hope that she can bring home a gold from from Tokyo. Actually, when I was in um, Las Vegas, I was I, I spent actually a lot of time with people from the Taiwanese Federation. Mm-hmm. One of whom is the daughter of the president of the federation, um, and another one is the deputy general secretary of the federation. And so I actually took them around to see parts of Vegas, and like I took them to like Average Bros Gymnasium, and I took them. Um, they, for some reason, they wanted to go to many Starbucks. I'm not sure why, but they really were into buying the mugs and like the thermoses and stuff like that at Starbucks. So uh-huh. we went on like a Starbucks tour. Um, I took them to IHOP. Nice. You know, it was like it was a. It was a good time. So I, t- I talked to them a lot, and they basically said that the Taiwanese government has committed a lot of money 
to support Glow for Tokyo because they've identified her, I think correctly, as one of their best shots at a gold medal or for sure a medal, but potentially a gold medal. And um, and since, you know, it kind of makes sense, they basically assigned her a lot of money for like physiotherapy if she needs it for any basically anything that she needs that they can support her with. Um, they're going to do it. So if, if she was like, Hey, I want like someone to literally give me like a massage every day before and after training, like hire that person. They'd be like, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so they're, they're definitely, um, doing their best to like kind of hold her together. Um, and you know, we're, we're saying like hold her together when she just snatched, what did she, did she snatch seven? One Oh six. One Oh six. I couldn't couldn't remember exactly what she did. So she's 37. I remember the 37, but I guess 107 was maybe... She's done 107 a few times, maybe even 108, I don't remember. But she's like, you know, uh, she's in really good shape. I mean, she just did a 137 clean jerk at 59, which is like a pretty stunning number. And I think maybe technically a world record under the new records. Yeah. Was it a record under the new records? Yeah, it has to be. It has to, oh, yeah, you know what it was, because Chen Guiming had it at 36. Yeah. So, um, anyway, you know, so we're... We're, we're talking about her as if she's like, you know, barely being held together by tape, but she's actually doing big numbers. It's just that I think we all know from having spent time around her that it could be one of these things where in a month someone's going to message me and say, like, Oops. like, whoa, um, is having a lot of trouble with her knee right now. And like, she can't squat and this and that. And like, for all I know, like, she'll show up at Worlds and be clean and jerking like 125 or something like that and just yeah. not quite at her best. So, we have to kind of hope that she'll stay healthy for, you know, another year and a couple months. Um, but anyway, no, that was a good battle. But then 64s, it was like Dung Wei. And yeah. um, 71s, it was just Rimun Sim. It was kind of like you knew what was going to happen. And it was just a little bit boring. And but not to, just that, but the other people, like, uh, the second, third place win, that interesting. So Yeah, I mean, in 64s, like, there, there, it was interesting to see, like, Kim Hyo Sim snatching and... This and that. There, it's not like there's not anything interesting, but I really like watching sessions hmm. where I don't know who's going to win, and the numbers that they're going to do are significant. Hmm. That's kind of like for me; those are the two factors that make me really interested. Now they don't have to be world records, but for instance, I'm not interested in watching a session where people are doing like you know, 35 kilos under the world record where I don't know what they're going to hit. Oh. Uh, or, or, sorry, I don't know who, who's going to win. That's just a little bit too far away. Um, but if someone, like, for instance, tonight, you know, they're they're both kind of capable of somewhere in, and once again, I'm very generalizing, but they're both capable of somewhere in, like, the 18 to 23 and 50 to 55 range. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the numbers that they both hit. Now, I know that they've hit like bigger numbers than that. Like I know like Chang Wang Lee holds the the current edition of the world record at fifty six and blah blah blah. But in general, those are the numbers that we we all know that they're both like roughly capable of. Yeah. Now Zhang Wang Lee really is a worse snatcher. Um, uh, she, you know, she did manage to make eighteen, but like I didn't think that she was capable of hitting in like the 23 range or whatever. Um, but, uh, 
you know, I definitely thought that Zhang Wong Li had a chance at coming back in the clean and jerk mm -hmm. because Rim Jong Sim has not looked great in the clean and jerk the so last it, couple of years. Especially in the jerk, she always does this staggered, like, the recovery is always a little bit... Um, yeah, she looks like she can't move her feet back together. Yeah, it's always like this. And But Zhang Wong Li got called on a second attempt. The jury reversed the decision because of a press out. Yeah. Um, and very quickly, by the way. That was a weird reversal because yeah. it was one of these things where she was like barely off the stage and the jury had reversed it. Yeah. So I don't even know like how they came yeah. to a decision because that's not normally how it works. Normally, like the jury stops, the jury calls over some refs, the jury mm -hmm. talks to the technical, it takes, like, the TC. A and or, a half or something. Yeah, it usually takes like a <laughs> minute, but that one was just like instantly reversed. Yeah. And it wasn't. So there must have been something obvious that I couldn't see it from the side. I didn't so. see it either. Um, but I liked, I just remember that she cleaned it and on standing up, she always like, got on her toes or something. I just yeah. remember telling myself, oh man, it would be a cool video to post. Just even if it's uh, no lift in the end, I, I'm, maybe I'm still going to post this video. Yeah, the, um, the, the clean, what she did was she, she, she rocked forward a little bit too much. Yeah. And she was, um, she has like the kind of the, the lifting experience and the expertise to know that what she had to do was get her feet back on the ground because mm -hmm. you can't stand up a super heavy clean successfully on your toes yeah. most of the time unless you're some sort of freak. Maybe like, you know, someone out there could do it, but m most people can't. But anyway, so she kind of rocked back onto her heels and this is where, like, the Chinese reserve strength came into play. Because the Chinese... This is like one thing that bugs me about people with the Chinese is that they think that the Chinese have some sort of like mystical lifting system of like smoothness and you know drinking a lot of tea and you know like like some of the stuff that i've seen written on the internet about the chinese system is literally yeah. the most like amateur goofballiest shit i've ever heard yeah this shit is not <laughs> done by cupping guys yeah there's this, no no matter how much you cup yeah you will not be able to do yeah this. you could Stop you could you could literally walk out there with cups all over your back you're still not going to be able to do this <laughs> Like, the real key to Chinese weightlifting... Is tea. No. Is tea. No. And it's not, it's not like, I'm not, I'm about, I'm not about to be like, oh, well, it's, you know, state-sponsored, uh, you know, advanced genetic research and blah, blah, like, not, none of that stuff. What it really comes down to is that the Chinese lifters are all strong. The ones that are good. Yeah. Um, even the ones that aren't really that strong in the clean and jerk are still strong. <laughs> like, for instance... Lu Zhaojun is doing, like, 260, 270, like, pause back squats and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, he's doing... Didn't he do, like, a... what? How big of a snatch deadlift was he doing at Worlds? Like, two... Remember he two, did a... Remember he did a... Maybe it wasn't snatch deadlift. 260, I think, right? No, sorry. Not not snatch deadlift. But what was the big deadlift that he did in Ashgabat before he competed? 270, I think. It was, like, 270 or 280. Yeah. He's literally doing like 270, 280 deadlifts like four or five days out. Like these guys are all really, really, really strong. And sorry, by guys, I also mean girls. Sorry, I'm not trying to assume anyone's gender. But like the the like the reserve strength that Chinese lifters have is one of the biggest keys to why they're all so good. Like you don't see them get pinned by cleans. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I know, you know, the, the Urples of the world are going to be like, well, you know, what about like Huang Ming Hao, who, uh, you know, can't clean well? Or what about like Feng Ludong, who most of the time can't clean and jerk well? Or someone like that, who 
Actually, Fung Ludong had a great meet, this meet, in the clean and jerk. It was a rare, like, like oh, shit, this guy actually can clean and jerk. He's not like a, like a 160, 172 guy anymore. But um, there, there are exceptions to that. But the ones who are really good, like, you know, Fung Ludong is not going to the Olympics, in my opinion, even though one of his uh, non-Chinese coaches claimed to me that he, he might be oh, in, in the 67s. He was claiming that Fung Ludong might be able to beat Chen Li Jun out for the spot, which I'm a little dubious of. I think Chen Li Jun's better, but, you know, maybe maybe I'll get proven wrong. But um, for the most part, what I'm saying is that the really successful Chinese that are the ones that are like going to the Olympics and winning worlds and stuff like that, they're all super strong. Yeah. The way that you make a big snatch look smooth is by being really strong. There's no magical, mystical, like, you know, secret to it. Or there's no there's no amount of, like, you know, after lifting bodybuilding that's going to make you, uh, you know, super smooth in the snatch or whatever. Like, yeah, like doing, like, uh, you know, the, the, the things you see the Chinese lifters doing, like doing 10 kilo plate flies or whatever they're yeah. called. I don't even know. Is that what it's called? A fly? Lou raises. Lou raises, I guess, is the term. But, yeah. like, doing that is not what makes you... Uh, you know, smooth in the snatch. Now, of course, everything in the training system helps, but like the real key is that they're all really strong. And Zhang Wang Li knew that, okay, just I've got to get my feet flat and I can definitely stand up with this because, yeah. you know, she, I'm sure that her front squat is, is pretty massive. Something like Rim Romson, probably 85, 75. It's got to be over 85. Over 85? For okay. sure, I would guess over 85. Yeah. I mean, like, I, Sorry, did I say 85? You said 85. 85. No, okay, 85 might be the number. Sorry, I was going to say for sure over 75 Yeah, was what I was right. thinking in my head. Because Rim Jong Sim did Miss. 75 and missed 85. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I have no doubt that Zhang Wang Li can, can make 85. <laughs> well, maybe even stronger. Like, Zhang Wang Li is really, really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no doubt in my mind that she could front squat 85 or more. Like, I would not be shocked. If they told me that she front squatted 95, I would not be, like, in disbelief. Now, if they told me she front squatted 215, I'd be like, oh, wait, well, wait, 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 yeah, is this, like, (laughs) 6.6 conversion conversion rate, or what are you talking about here? You know, Chinese pounds? I don't even know. But, but yeah, no, I I would, like, I would put her front squat in the 85 to 95 range, um... And when you can front squat that much, you know, it's not that intimidating to have, like, yeah, 52 or whatever on, on your chest. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah. she she has the reserve strength to do it, and that's, like, a big key. You know, you're, there's no way to um, to clean and jerk big weights without knowing that you can front squat hmm. a ton. There are people who manage to do it, but... Um, you're going to be much, much better in the clean and jerk if you're just really fucking strong. Yeah. You know, like there's not that many people like Yuri Vardanian who can clean and jerk 230 when that's also their front squat. <laughs> you know, that doesn't that doesn't really exist. And it's not necessarily something to be proud of. Like there's some people out there who are like, LOL, I'm so efficient. Like, you know, I can barely front squat anything, this and that. And I'm like, I'm like, that's fine and it, it, is, it is good to be efficient and at the end of the day the sport is snatch and clean and jerk mm. um, and if you're good at snatch and clean and jerk then that's all that matters so I'm not saying that you have to be good at squatting but it, there's no reason to be proud of it I mean it's just it's something you should work on 
because you're going to be a better Even clean better. and jerker yeah. if you can front squat more. That's really what it comes <laughs> down to, you know. So anyway, um, yeah. so we had uh, the snatches. No, we we talked about the clean jerks. Um, yeah, rim drum sim six for six. Um, finished with what numbers? Great meat. Twenty three and twenty three and like fifty five. I want to say. What was it? Fifty five or fifty? Yeah, it was fifty five. I think. Yeah, fifty five. Because okay. what she did was she, she made fifty two, which forced Zhang Wang Li to. Uh, Maybe um, even fifty four, right? Did she do fifty four? No, no, no. Rim Zhang Sim did fifty two, fifty five. Okay. Um, I want to say. Uh, I could be wrong. I know. I know. I'm almost certain that she made fifty five as the last one because I have the picture in my head of the of the yellow and the small red. Mm-hmm. Um, the other attempts I could be off on. I know for sure that Zhang Wang Li snatched um, 13, 18, 18, 18. 13, missed 18, made 18. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Rim Jong Sim looked good. Yeah. And this was um, this was much better, in my opinion, than her 2018 form. Because in 2018, she actually missed, I believe it was a 170 front squat mm-hmm. in the um, Asian Games training hall. Mm-hmm. It was either 70 or 75. It's harder to remember because it was training. But um, at this meet, she smoked a 75 front squat, which I know we, we both, I think, put on our stories. Um, and so just just that alone, like she just looks stronger. And I think that's the difference as to why she looked like she could barely clean and jerk 150 range at Worlds and lost Worlds to Wang Zhuyu. Um, and then, uh, you know, here made, made 55 and, and went six for six. What I do think is interesting now is what does this mean for Zhang Wang Li going to Tokyo? Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if the Chinese see Rim Zhang Sim getting better and better and better and better, I think that Rim Zhang Sim could essentially seal Zhang Wang Li's fate if she has a really strong world. Like, like if Rim Jong Sim does like 25, 26 and like 58 or something like that at worlds and Zhang Wang Li hasn't really progressed, mm. if she's still doing like 1855 range, then I think you're going to see the Chinese be like, okay, we have to pick somebody else. Yeah. We're not doing the 76s. And even if Zhang Wang Li progresses, I still think you might see the Chinese basically give up on the 76s just because they have a guaranteed gold in the 49s. They have essentially a guaranteed gold in the 55s because there's really not competition. Now, Sri Sarat was still around. It would be a different story. But there's essentially no competition I can think of unless I'm completely missing someone. And and by competition, of course, like Haiti or Heidi Diaz and all these people are good. But I'm talking about someone who can really compete with Liao or even Li Yat-Jun. So... I really can't think of anyone in the world who can other than um, Sri Sarat, who's gone. But 64. Sealed. 64 sealed. Done. So that's essentially three categories. And then, you know, then it really comes down to this. This actually will be interesting. You know, I told Gregor earlier tonight that there wasn't that much left in the competition I was looking forward to. But I actually, now that I think about it, I am looking forward to Wang Zhu Yu and Kim Un Zhu. Because mm-hmm. I am curious to see that because that's another category where the Chinese might give up on it mm-hmm. so you know it, it looks like the chinese have basically guaranteed golds in 49 55 64 and they have unlikely golds but probable silvers in 59 and 76 yeah. 
as of right now, you know, who knows what things will look like in a year. You know, uh, Zhang Wangli could be clean jerky 165 for all I know or something. But, you know, and then it's kind of like those two are kind of like likely silvers. Supers is also likely silver, in my opinion. Um, unless, like I said, Kacharino looks bad and, you know, Meng Ping or whoever looks good. But still, in my, my opinion, likely silver. So then it comes down to like the 87s. And can Wang Zhu Yu win the 87s? Yeah. Because I don't think that there's anyone from another country who seems at that level of Wang Zhu Yu in the 87s. No. There's the girl who won the 90 kilo world championship the only year it was held. The one from Ukraine, but or sorry, the one from Georgia, Georgia with, the, with, um, with the Ukrainian name, because she's married to the Ukrainian guy. Gottfried. Gottfried, yeah. Gottfried is, like, Dennis Gottfried, I guess, is her husband. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Oh, forgot. Anastasia? Yeah, Anastasia, right? Yeah, Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah. Okay. Is it Gottfried or, like, Hotfried? Hotfried, yeah. Hotfried. Mm-hmm. Anastasia Hotfried. Like, she she was doing, like, 2045 as, like, a 90. But I haven't seen her. So yeah. maybe... Did she even compete in this qualifying period? I have not seen her compete. In this trimester. And if she, unless she competed without me noticing, now granted, there are like, you know, a billion cups and games and this and that and, you know, opens and everything, but mm. I don't remember, but she was kind of like 2045. Wang Zhu Yu smoked a 35 power clean and jerk the other day <laughs> in the training hall, like yeah. nothing. And Wang Zhu Yu also clean and jerked like 152 or whatever it was at Worlds and 76. And so she's going up 11 kilos in body weight. So you've got to imagine that she's going to be clean and jerking yeah. in the 60s she's by the thick. by the time that like Tokyo comes around. Yeah. Um, we also saw her front squatting a lot. I don't even remember what she went up to, but wasn't it was it was like, like 50s, right? Yeah, 50s? No, it was more than that. I'll have to look at it. I don't remember exactly what she fronts what. I have a harder time remembering it in the training hall because it's such like a random assortment of plates, especially yeah, Chinese. Green, yellow, yellow, yellow. Especially Chinese bars. It's like green, blue, yellow, green, blue, you know, little this, little that, big green. I'm like, all right, come on, guys. Like, make make my job easier. This is, this is getting ridiculous. Um, but anyway, she. I don't feel like um, Hotfried or whatever her name is is like a real contender for gold, even if she has competed in this. Not compared to like Kim Eun-ju and Wang Zhuyu. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see what Kim Eun-ju looks like. Because I talked to um, the North Korean coach in the Ashgabat training hall. And for people who don't know, Kim Eun-ju is the old 75 kilo world record holder in the clean and jerk. At 164? Exactly, 164. So she did 164 at the 2014 Asian Games in mm-hmm. um, South Korea and Incheon. And um, her coach told me that her lifetime PR was 167. Oh, wow. But her coach also told me that that was before the 164. So Kim Moon-ju has not been clean and jerking in that range for essentially four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so, but at the same time, her coach also told me that Kim Moon-ju, while she'd been training, hadn't really kind of presumed like elite training. Mm. until more recently because another thing that people might not know is that she got popped at 2014 worlds i believe it was and had was basically serving a band 
So 2018 Worlds was her first meet back, I think. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, Kim Eun-Joo, her coach told me, would be getting stronger and stronger leading up to Tokyo with like the training plan they have or whatever. Mm. But I'm kind of curious to see where she's at right now because she did not look in uh, Ashgabat like a candidate to beat Wang Zhuyu in the 87s. Yeah. In my opinion, she's probably like she's scoring the same numbers as Rin Jong Sim right now. So. Yeah, she did a seventy-five front squat, but yeah. she, I think she'll hopefully be able to clean and jerk mid fifties, maybe sixty. Um, but anyway, it should be a good battle. I think Wang Zhuyu looks to be good for like a twenty-five snatch, um, maybe more. I don't know, but based on her snatches that she was doing in the training hall. Um, I would say like 25, in my opinion, is like a minimum number for her to have like a decent-ish meet. Maybe 30. Maybe 30. On a good day. Yeah, 30-ish. Um, but it should be an interesting battle. So that'll be good. And even if it's, you know, not uh, the most interesting battle, it even if that's not the case, it, it's interesting. Like let's say, you know, Kim Eun-Joo just doesn't look that good or something like that. The most interesting thing to me is kind of like what it means for who the Chinese will select. Mm. So I am very interested to see that because I think it's our first really good indication of, uh, you know, exactly what will happen with that. I didn't even know until this meet that Wang Zhuyu was planning on going uh, 87, but mm. I should have known that because the Chinese told me in Ashgabat that Zhang Wangli was going up. Okay, yeah, then we should have. So I should have figured it out that Wang Zhuyu would also go up because... Of course, there's only one person per category, mm. per country. Yeah. So I should have known, given that the Chinese don't have another obvious 87 I could think of, and I knew that Wang, uh, Zhang Wangli was going up, I should have known. I should have thought about it, but I, I didn't even think about it. Oh, Ned. I know. How, how could you? Leave the how, listeners down like this. How could I? Sorry, listeners. Anyway, so that was, um, or that that will be definitely a very interesting session to watch. Um do you even want to talk about the 102s? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty boring. Nah. But the 102s, yeah. like, it just was... The, I think the most interesting thing to me in the session was... Um, I think his name's Taro Tanaka, the guy from Japan. Oh, who did, like, 70... Um... Well, he did a 170 snatch with three people left to go, each with one attempt. Yeah. So And, he, and 170, by the way, put him into the snatch gold. Yeah. So literally all three people had to make their lifts. And they just all went up by one kilo. You know, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think the next guy did 71. He put himself into first. Tanaka's now in second. Mm-hmm. The next guy did 72. Tanaka's now in third. Next guy did 73. So I felt a little bit bad for Tanaka because he literally... In, in the poker world, you call this... You literally just have to fade uh, out. This is the, what they call it. It's basically like when the cards are coming out on the table and you need to dodge certain cards that are unlikely uh-huh. to hit the board, which would make your hand lose. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, let's say that, um, let's say that I'm flipping coins with Gregor and he needs to hit two heads in a row. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he literally hits a head and all I've got to do, the term you would use is I just have to fade one more head okay. or whatever. Like literally Tanaka just had to have one <laughs> miss. Like one person could have come out and miss. And he would have had his medal on the snatch. But he got fourth. But he he got fourth. Oh, you know what? Should we talk about Kim Soo Yan? Because she had a great meet. She did, yeah. She, um, she's no, she's... 
You can go ahead and say what uh, happened. No. I forgot her numbers. But Okay, she snatched 107. And by the way, we should oh, also point this out. Gregor literally looked at the numbers immediately before the podcast in like a panic on his phone because he was he was like i can't give the listeners the wrong numbers i need to know what the numbers are and he was literally in, his, in he was just repeating it he was like okay let's see uh 113 118 blah, blah, blah. he was he was like going through these numbers in like this this desperate sounding <laughs> panic <laughs> and <laughs> so i did not look at the numbers but i i do remember them um but but kim suyong clean direct 137 ah uh, so same as that, cool. Same as Guo. Um, but Kim Soo-yeon, uh so she, I believe this was her first meet as a 76. I think she was a 71 in Ashgabat, and she was usually a 69 back in the day. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and also, we should say who she is. She's a very, very friendly Korean lifter. She speaks some English, mm-hmm. probably the most English of any of the Korean athletes. I would say, that I've come across. Um, A few of them know a few words here and there, but I can actually say sentences to her, which is much more advanced than you can do with most of the South Korean athletes. The North Korean athletes essentially know, they they know stuff like yes, no, and like one, two, three, and snatch clean jerk, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But the the South Koreans, Kim Soo-yeon probably knows the best. Also, Kim Soo-yeon's, like, just so nice. Like, she brought me a huge pile of snacks in Ashgabat with a really nice note, too. With, and, like, a hand drawing, like, like a drawing of a little character, of a little girl. Yeah. It's, like, and, and so it, cute. It, 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 she wrote a note that was like, like, I am uh, Kim Soo-yeon, I am a South Korean weightlifter, I am uh, a huge fan of your work, and... Like I, uh, I love your videos, and I, um, it was, it had like all sorts of stuff in it where it was like you know it was I, so nice it was so, it was just so nice like a huge pile of South Korean snacks, and she also said stuff in it like like I um, was not in my best condition here, but I'm going to train so hard to like make you proud and be strong at the next meet, and I was I was like I was like I'm. I just I, I just press buttons on a camera like this is this is so nice of you to like yeah. to feel like you're like making ma- making making me proud or whatever. Yeah. But I but to be honest, I was kind of proud of her for coming back and having such a good meet because she's had a couple years of like a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember at 2017 Worlds, but like she yeah, missed she, out. Yeah, you could say what happened. Uh, I don't know what what do you mean what happened? I mean she basically like. Uh, got called for a press out and ended up bombing out and stuff like that. Yeah, I just remember Chris Chris Wong like halfway carrying her off the stage. Yeah, because she had, she wasn't that injured. She just had like a panic attack. Basically, she freaked out and yeah, she don't. she didn't have a good 2017 Worlds. Yeah, and she she did total, I believe, at 2018 Worlds, but she um she she didn't have a good meet. Like, her numbers were down. She was injured and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, for her to come back, you know, five, six months later and look this good and do numbers as big as this to go six for six mm-hmm. to win, I believe she got all three bronzes, I think. Pretty sure. But anyway, so she got, I believe, all three bronzes behind, you know, the two superstars that are essentially battling for Olympic gold and 
yeah, a year, assu- really. assuming that Zhang Wangli even makes it. Um, but yeah, they're they're basically out of reach compared to most lifters. But you know, so she she essentially and she did big numbers. You know, thirty seven at seventy six is is a pretty big clean and jerk, and one hundred seven. I mean, I'm comparing it to U.S. numbers in my head, but she's essentially right around like the the American record. She's a couple kilos shy, but she's right right close to the American records and. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are big numbers. And for her to do that four or five months after just not looking good and at all, really, um, I'm actually really encouraged to see that she put up, like, a relatively big Roby score and maybe, you know, could could end up going to the Olympics. I mean, if, I mean, she obviously has to have a good uh, several additional meets. If she shows up injured again and whatnot, then she's not going, going to the Olympics. But um, if she can keep this progress, then, then she will be in... Hopefully I see her before she leaves. I don't know if she is like leaving tomorrow. Some people are leaving this meet pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to congratulate her on it and tell her that, you know, very uh, proud. I'm, I'm very proud and I, you know, thank you again for all the wonderful snacks. Um, anyway, so um, when we were talking a little bit about the 102s, right? 102s. Um, well, other yeah, than the, the, the snatch two, battle. Iran got two golds. That's what I remember, basically. Um. Well, Iran got first and second. Is that what you mean by two uh, golds? Yeah, uh, my first, <laughs> first point. Oh, my God. <laughs> Iran, Iran tied for first and got two golds or yeah. something? I don't even know. I'm I don't know how you... T- my bad listeners. I don't, I don't know how... Yeah, Gregor's tired. By the way, it is 2.43 in the morning. Oh, God. I still have we, to upload this. Yeah. And we're having this interview tomorrow. <laughs> so we have to get up early. Yeah. So, but I think what Gregor was trying to say was Iran got first and second, which they did. I yeah. think... Um, yeah, Bayrovan got... Or uh, you know what? It's weird. His name used to be like Bayravond with an L in it, and that, now it's like Bayravond or yeah. something. Like like they changed the spelling of his name for some reason. I'm, I mean, obviously his name is written in like scribbly looking Farsi or whatever. Yeah. Which How can people I can't. Read this? This... <laughs> no, <laughs> this I mean, is crazy. Um, my brother is actually an Arabic speaker who can read uh, both Arabic and you know Farsi. Uh, I think he said that almost all the letters are the same. There's just a couple small differences or a couple added letters or something like that in Farsi. So he can read like Farsi and he can read Arabic. And to him, it makes sense. But to us, it looks like scribbly stuff. We also saw another epic, epic last name. Oh, my God. That the Iranian one who's not Bayrovand. Oh, my God. That, that, his first name's Amir. That's pretty easy. Amir. I, the, the, the announcer kept calling him Amir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the announcer gave, uh, gave up. The, the announcer gave up pretty quickly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just, oh, I'm not doing it. It's this. like Hugi or something like that. It's just like, oh, my God. And I don't even know how to say that guy's name. It is literally... I. You know, you you could you could show that name to literally 10,000 English speakers. who I'm talking about ones who, who aren't, like, Persian or whatever. Yeah. Don't know Farsi. Don't you know, don't speak any of that stuff or whatever. You could show it to 10,000 Americans. There's a 100% chance that zero people would get it right. That's basically like a coin flip, right? Yeah, that, exactly. Which brings us yeah, uh, to the coin flip challenge. Oh, yeah, the, the coin. I'm not sure if it's a flip, but um, I, would, I would call it the, co- the, the coin, the, the finger coin challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you want to describe it? So... Um, Ned has this uh, thing he learned while doing his poker stuff, sitting at a poker table. Basically, um, you can start off with three coins, 
and or three poker chips. You have them between. Well, don't use poker chips for this challenge. Oh yeah, this, for the challenge you have to use coins. Uh, in the US, you use quarters, right? In the US, quarters are the closest thing to a one RMB coin. Yeah, in, in euros, Europe, yeah, it's like one euro. Maybe you can. In, I think two euro coins still count in my book. So here's the thing about two euro coins. Two euro coins are a lot thicker than quarters or one RMB coin, so it makes it easier because they're easier to control. But here's the thing. If you can do two RMB coins, then and and you're not like an ex poker player, mm. then you're actually doing really really well because it's still difficult. So yeah. I think I, th- I think people in Europe have a slight advantage here. Yeah. Oh, you just said two RMB coins. Uh, he means two euros. Sorry, two, I, meant, yeah. I meant I meant two two euros. My yeah. bad. It's two two forty five in the morning. Um, <laughs> oh Gregor Gregor thought Iran got two gold. So you know what yeah. I mean. Like I can't. Anything know, goes on this podcast. Yeah, we, can, we can say anything at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, you know, people in Europe have a slight advantage, but people can't use, like, super massive coins here. Like, like if you're in the U.S., you can't use, like, half-dollar coins or something like that because they're really big. So think about something about the size of a quarter, if you're familiar with U.S. money, about the size of one or two euro coins mm-hmm. if you're in Europe, about the size of one RMB coins if you're in China. I don't know what coins to tell Amyan Chol to use. <laughs> Because I don't know that much about North Korean coins. What's the currency they have in North Korea? I know the South Korean currency is won, like W-O-N. Uh-huh. Um, I've never been to North Korea, though, so I don't know what their currency is. Man. I mean, Charlie, you can use whatever you want. I'll take any video. <laughs> yeah, anything. Anything. Um, and guys, if you're listening to this, so the first person who does the trick that we are about to describe um, on Instagram in a video, and you have to either... Have something in the background that shows that it's recent. You know, um, put, a, put a piece of text, like write on a piece of paper the hashtag that we're about to give you. Yeah. Write it on a piece of paper in the background and in the video, kind of like show that piece of paper clearly. Yeah. Okay. So that way we know that um, this this was filmed after this podcast was done. Yeah. Because that's important. We don't want anybody to trick us here. Um, <laughs> this is official official ATG rules. And you can't use like Mocha and After Effects to put in this piece of paper. Okay, exactly. We're talking like real real videos here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's describe this trick. Is a good way to describe it. So you start off with three coins in between I mean, your. Th- I can describe it. It's basically you start off with three coins in between your middle three fingers. So we're we're talking about not your pinky and not your thumb. So you start off with three coins that are kind of like held there. And by the way, we're going to put up a GIF of this in the um, post. I believe, is it only going to be on Patreon or is um, it going to be also on the Two Doctors? The GIF will be visible on the Two Doctors podcast page post. And I'm going to link the GIF or movie file in the Patreon post. Okay. So basically you start with it. Um, you start with the coins in between those three fingers. Then you put your thumb on it on the the edge of the coin so you basically have four fingers i'm counting your thumb as a finger i don't know if that's correct terminology but you have four fingers on on the coins and then what you do is not using any other hand or like a friend or whatever you drop the middle coin down and you pull the two outer coins up and when the middle coin drops down and separates from the other two coins you spin it with I, in my case, I spin it with my ring finger. Mm-hmm. And then after you spin it, you put it back up in the middle between the other two coins. So not on the outside. 
Sounds confusing. Oh, I just dropped a coin. That usually that never happens because well, Ned no, is pretty I'm, good at it. I'm I'm good at it, but right now I'm not really doing it fast. I'm kind of doing yeah. it so slow. It's actually very difficult if you do it insanely slow. You have to mm-hmm. kind of do it with a little bit of speed. Yeah. But what we did was earlier today was I filmed it. We made a GIF so you can kind of see it and Learn understand it. what this is. This is a lot harder than the contest from yesterday. The contest from yesterday was... Was beating Amyun Chol. Was beating Amyun Chol to the T. Because Amyun Chol is <laughs> probably still looking for the T. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's on to the E by now. But yeah, maybe. There's no E in his name. It's so going to be tough, yeah. It's tough. That's got to be tough. Like, he's, yeah. he's using letters that are not his name. And to be fair, if I was trying to type poster in Korean... I would be taking way longer than Amyun Chol is taking to write poster in English. So yeah. he's actually well ahead of me when it comes to comes to typing in other languages. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if the first person to do this, put it up on Instagram. And then what's the hashtag, Gregor? The hashtag is ATG coin flip. Okay. One word, uh, one thing. Yeah. Well, hashtags are always one word, yeah. I think. I got it, yeah. yeah. Also, you can just do hashtag two gold. No, just kidding. <laughs> but do do hashtag ATG coin flip. And the first person to put this up with the hashtag also written on a piece of paper in the background mm-hmm. gets a free signed poster of their choosing yep. shipped anywhere in the world, including Pyongyang. Yeah. Um, I believe actually uh, Turkmenistan recently added DHL, literally in 2018. So in 2017, if you wanted to send something DHL to Turkmenistan, or really any courier service, it didn't exist. There was no way to mail something to Turkmenistan 2017, as far as I understand. That's crazy. Um, maybe there are private services that were willing to do this in some capacity, but uh-huh. I know that DHL kind of like opened an office there in 2018. So we might have trouble if Hoja wins this. Um, but Hoja but, has big, like kind of like fat, chubby fingers, so he might have trouble. So yeah, maybe another Turkmen look. But I don't maybe, want to discourage him. Maybe, yeah, Hoja, you can still keep him. trying. If. Hoja, you can keep trying if you want. Maybe Regipov? <laughs> Regipov didn't compete here, so yeah. he's injured, but as far as I know, his fingers are okay. Okay, so... Reggie. Regipov um, could probably do it. What about Chari? Chari's their general secretary. Maybe he's played poker before. I'm actually curious how many ATG uh, podcast listeners or um, whatever, just two doctors podcast listeners are poker players. You know, if someone's a former poker player, they they'll they're, smoke they're, this. They're going to win this. Yeah. Like, I I wish that I could restrict this to people yeah. who weren't for former poker players, but it's kind of hard to prove that sort of thing and whatever. So, exactly. you know, this is basically a gift to the poker community on behalf of Gregor. And by the way, I should point out that Gregor has signed uh, Shizhi Yang posters. Mm-hmm. He has signed Tian Tao posters. He has signed Deng Wei posters. He has signed Lasha posters. Lydia so, Valentin, Rebecca Koha, Ritva Suharevs, Mart Saim. Ilya? Ilya. Gregor also Ilya has some, 246 posters. Yeah. Ilya has 246 posters. Gregor even has some signed Ilya Hukrit posters mm-hmm. from way back in the day before he even got posters signed. I basically left a bunch of posters with him. He got them signed and he's um, basically... I forgot about those. Yeah, he's yeah. basically got them in a stash yeah. in his estate in Berlin. You know, just kind of gathering dust. So... Gregor has a lot of posters, and whoever manages to do this gets their choice of one 
for free. For free. Shipped Shipped. to you. Except the Turkmen. Again, if you are in the Berlin area, um, it would be great if you win. I I just drop it by with my Volvo. (laughs) I just uh, drive by. Gregor has a Volvo, the latest and greatest model. It has more zip ties than any other Volvo, I think. It's a V40 from 2001. It's a V40 from 2001. Station wagon. (laughs) That's a lot, because if you think about it, like a lot of Ferraris, like even the biggest Ferraris are only V12s. Yeah. But you have a V40. Amazing. If you think about it. Yeah. You know, I think that even like... Volvo the, was always ahead with the engineering when it came to motors and engines. and They are ahead. Like yeah. Bugattis even are... I, I don't know for sure if they're all like this, but I think that the Chiron is like a W16. So it's 16 cylinders, mm-hmm. and that's like a quad turbo. So it's like a W16 quad turbo. Mm-hmm. And that's like a multi-million dollar car, but it's still only got... 16, yeah. whereas you've got a V40. 44-0. So you must be looking at like five, six, seven thousand 7,000 horsepower. Yeah. It's all the Patreon money that's making <laughs> yeah. making this possible. All right. Well, a V40 is not bad because I've only got a V4. You know, I've got a four-cylinder <laughs> engine. Oh, my God. I've got a Volvo also, by the way. Poverty and I've got a V4. So that's... Yeah, no, you've got your car's literally 10 times better. Yeah. But anyway, so Gregor will, with his 7,000 horsepower engine... Uh, drop off this poster to anyone in the Berlin area, but preferably um, if you're kind of in like the east part of Berlin, that would be even better. Yeah, if I could just take the take the train, or take take the train. Yeah, yeah. Or just the, my bike, mate. If you like in my little hometown, <laughs> yeah. it would be amazing. Yeah. Hey, Gregor, can you do this? Oh, my buddy's also called Gregor. Maybe yeah, yeah. he can do this trick, and then I can just yeah, get pe- a coffee. People should know this, by the way, that Gregor Winter is not the only Gregor in his area. And actually, so Gregor's best friend, since he was about four years old, is another Gregor. (laughs) And what a lot of people don't realize is in this, I'm not going to say the name of Gregor's town because I'm not trying to blow up his spot or whatever, but in Gregor's town outside of Berlin, everyone's named Gregor. That's that's how I imagine it. It's the default name. And then if parents forget to name their children, then they're Gregors. They just become Gregor. Girls, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a Gregor. Yeah, I've never met another Gregor, but here's here's two of them, and they're best friends. By the way, this is Gregor 2, which is what I call Gregor back in Berlin. Um, Gregor is basically this Gregor 1's Uber to the airport every time. For every trip. He's basically making a lot of these trips possible to begin with. Yeah, because the airport parking would be very expensive. It would be. The taxi would be extremely expensive. Insanely. And... It's hard to get to this fucking airport. Tegel Airport is so remote, basically, and there's no good um, public transport to it. You yeah. have to take a bus, basically. Yeah. And so then, taking a bus yeah. with, like, heavy suitcases and heavy backpacks. A and bus all to stuff. the next train station and train station to my little city. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just... So, basically, they have to open up Brandenburg or whatever they're going to call that other one. yeah. And if you want to learn more about this airport, listen to or watch the latest uh, half as interesting video on the new Berlin airport on YouTube. So this is going to be called Brandenburg, the new one, right? If it ever opens. Yeah, BRB is the code. BRB. Be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to BRB, all right? Wait, wait, are you coming right back? Are you going to the airport? Wait, explain yourself. So, yeah, Brandenburg. But it's called like... Right now, it's like Schonenfeld or something like that? Schonenfeld, yeah. Schonenfeld. I can't say anything right in German. Gregor's always laughing at me. No, I'm not. always laughing at him, though, when he tries to say Dengue. certain things. Well, he says, like, Dangway and stuff. When it should be, like, Dangway. 
Um, once again, I'm not good at Chinese, but I'm yeah. a lot better than saying dang way. I also make stupid uh, errors in English a lot of times, like three euros fifty or three dollars fifty. Yeah, well, it's, it's not it's not so much stupid errors, but whenever Gregor says stuff mm -hmm. um, in English that is not the way that Americans would say it, I try to correct him and i'm not doing it to be for which like, i'm very thankful for by the way yeah yeah i'm not trying to do it to be like a dick and if he told me hey i don't care just don't correct me i would just stop correcting him okay. i think a few years ago i asked him i was like hey by the way do you want me to tell you when you say stuff that isn't how americans would say it um and and he said yeah so i kind of tell him that so earlier today he was saying like mm -hmm. oh you know if i was to go get this uh korean food it would cost like eight euros 50 and i'm like no one says that Like, no one says that. Like, 3,50 Euro. So sagt man nicht in Deutschland. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe in Farsi or wherever you're speaking, people would use, say it that way. But in, in American, that's not how we say it. All right. But also, I couldn't actually think of how we would say it. We, we would just say it's 8,50. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't, but I'm not sure what we would say in the US if it was 8,50 and it was another currency other than dollars. I don't. I guess we don't really have an expression for that because that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Because everything is in dollars. Um, but yeah, we would just say it's eight fifty or um, somewhere something along those lines. We would never say like eight dollars fifty or we would never even say like eight dollars. I mean, we might say like eight dollars and fifty cents. That would be like an expression that we would use. Okay. Yeah. But um, other anyway, you know. I feel like we've... Uh, It's three in the morning right now. <laughs> three in the morning. Gregor's got to process this, this and, and he's got to add all the GIFs, and he's got to get this to Baffa to put it on the two doctors site and oh, yeah. all this other stuff. And we've got to um, get to sleep. I've got to edit a, a Jordan De La Cruz video. She did 116. Well, she did 91, 116. 91 is about kind of the range that she was already at. Like, it wasn't like a big... PR or whatever. Let's just talk about what happened in, uh, at Pan Am's with the like, Kate and yeah, the Kate. The Kate performance was just like ridiculous. Kate did one ten, one thirty five. Yeah, both of which are um, oh the the one ten, one thirty five, and the two forty five total that resulted from that are all both junior and senior American records, hmm. and also junior and senior Pan American records. That's crazy. So, makes me wonder: Did I travel to the wrong continental championship? Maybe, and maybe. and also Arlie did a two hundred five clean jerk at eighty nine, which mm -hmm. is, I believe, um, obviously he did more. I think he did two hundred seven at uh, the Las Vegas meet, but that was when he was a ninety six. Hmm. So I believe that that's the most he's ever made in a non ninety six capacity, right? Or no, sorry. Sorry, no, I'm 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 completely wrong. I'm I'm I just blanked oh, on a Nettis. couple of competitions last year. Yeah. Well, tired. You know what it was? I was comparing it to his old uh, 85 numbers, uh -huh. um, as like basically in like 2017. But actually, I'm I'm completely wrong. He actually did like 212. I want to say as an 85, but still, like it's a solid number for him compared to how he looked in in Vegas. Mm -hmm. But. Um, Yeah, so I think yes, yeah, so Jordan ninety one one sixteen. No, I was trying to think about the Vibert number. So I think I was trying. I was going to compare it to Maddie. Okay, but I was. I'm. 
you know, I, I wish I knew this for sure, but I'm almost certain that Maddie's PR total was 239. What she did is a 69, which is obviously two kilos under what, you know, Kate was and blah, blah, blah. But I'm pretty sure that Maddie did 106, 133 mm-hmm. that when she set the initial 239. And then I think she might have also done 104, 134. You know, I can't remember exactly, but I know that Maddie did like 238 and 239 totals mm-hmm. several times over the years. The first time I think she did 239 was um, 2016 Pan Ams, where that's where she did. She definitely did 106 there, which was technically. Not the American record because she also did it at um, 2016 National slash Olympic Trials. But anyway, so let's let's just say that Maddie's best total was 239. So Kate just basically flew right by that. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is pretty stunning because Maddie is a really really good lifter who trains really hard, is very dedicated, and is also very talented. You know, Maddie's like a really good example of someone who takes their nutrition seriously and takes her training seriously and also has had a long life of sport in terms of like gymnastics and cheerleading and all this like sort of athletic stuff and you know before Kate came along Maddie was by far the best 69 the U.S. had ever seen Hmm. and it wasn't even close it wasn't like Maddie had eked out a couple one kilo records Maddie just destroyed those records Mm -hmm. um and granted, you know, the U.S. hadn't had, like, any, like, crazy, crazy talented 69s before that. But Maddie was just way above that. And she was basically at the, at the 75 numbers mm-hmm. for the most part, or at least close to them, um, for another talented lifter, Jenny Arthur. And, but but Kate just blew by <laughs> Maddie in a span of a couple of years where she went from being like this relatively unknown youth in yeah, she 2016. she started lifting in 24 years ago, she said, right? She might have actually started doing some lifts in like 2015 or something like that, but oh, 2016 okay. was the first year that she really... Um, do you want me to hold this? Yeah. 2016 was the first year that she really uh, lifted. I think she told me that 2016 Youth Nationals was her first national meet. Which would have been in, usually youth nationals are held sometime around June. So it would have been probably like June 2016 that was her first meet. Mm -hmm. So we're literally talking about less than three years ago. So when Maddie was like fighting for an Olympic spot and had every American record and had just destroyed everything and had been essentially dominating the, the 69s for kind of like a year at that point, Kate was literally just starting lifting. And she really, even even after she started, while she was doing good numbers and kind of setting these, like, youth American records that sometimes are, let's be honest, are not very competitive numbers. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. Mm-hmm. But sometimes youth American records really don't mean very much, in, in my opinion. Um, and so she was setting these youth American records that were kind of like a little bit of, like, low-hanging fruit youth American records. Um, they were good, but they weren't like anything really, really where you're like, okay, this girl's like a lock for the next Olympic sort of youth American record. But then she, she's just been progressing and progressing and progressing and progressing. And she, you know, really, uh, 
did like you know she came out and first you know in 2017 at AO3 was when she had a great uh, snatch battle with Maddie Myers um, where basically at the time Maddie had the you sorry had the junior American record in the 63s with 92 mm-hmm. in the snatch and then they both they broke it like four times in a row or something like that like I don't remember exactly what the order was, but I want to say that, like, first uh, one of them snatched 93, then another one snatched 94, then another one snatched 95, then snatched 96, or something like that. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think it was four snatch records in a row. And I think that Kate ended up with the snatch record at 96, and I think Maddie Myers missed 97. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, you know, she she literally increased Maddie's snatch record right there by four kilos, um, and uh, yeah, just she's just been kind of like a freight train, just like record, 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 record. Like, of course, she's had a couple meets that were that were setbacks. Like, she didn't have a very good um, twenty eighteen Junior Nationals in Spokane, Washington. That was kind of the last meet where she was a, a sixty three. Like she, I think she had a really tough cut there, and it just really wrecked her. And she didn't look very good. I think she still won, but she just uh, had had a bad meet. Like her numbers weren't that good compared to what everyone kind of knew that she was capable of, and compared to her training numbers. But I mean, for the most part, with a couple setback meets, she's just been like a freight train, just like up, 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 and. Um, yeah, 110, 135 at 71 is just massive. Like, she just instantly put those records... I'm not going to say out of reach for Maddie, because 111 is not out of reach for her. Like, she can do it, mm-hmm. but it's it's out of reach for the numbers that Maddie's been capable of, essentially, for the last couple of years. Because the last time that Maddie really looked like she could snatch that was probably 2016, mm-hmm. in my opinion. For, for a number like 111. Um, because as, as an example, at 2016 Olympic trials, Maddie attempted a 109 snatch on her third attempt. And this was after she snatched 106. So basically, at 2016 Olympic trials, Maddie snatched 106 on her second. Mm-hmm. It was the American record at the time. She then went to 109 on her third because she knew that she needed a big snatch to... Um, to kind of basically hold off Morgan for that Olympic spot, because pretty much everyone knew, like, Jenny already had an Olympic... At the time, we had three Olympic spots. Jenny already had one through basically a points qualification thing that USAW had for who earned the most points for Olympic spots. And pretty much everyone knew that, like, Sarah was going to get another spot because her numbers were just too good, and she also had a really big score from 2015 World Championships that still counted for some reason. That was a little bit confusing me why that was the case, but um, basically Maddie missed 109 there. Mm-hmm. But it was it was close. Like, she could have made it. Mm-hmm. So, keep in mind that this is three years ago. Maddie was coming close with 109 at a lighter body weight. And so there's no doubt in my mind that Maddie's like physically capable of a 111 snatch. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the last couple of years, Maddie's really been like kind of in this 101 to 105 snatch range. Like any meet, she can show up and snatch what seems like 101 to 105. Mm-hmm. But 
she hasn't really been able to like break out of that. Now, granted, at this Pan Am's, she snatched one hundred six, which I think is the first time she snatched one hundred six in a meet since twenty sixteen. Nice. Um, so it's not like her numbers aren't going up. It's not like she can't hit one eleven, but she definitely, Kate definitely threw down the gauntlet to Maddie. Like you got to improve pretty quickly to to beat her. And I actually think that Maddie can. Like, I Maddie is capable of doing more than a 245 total. Like, you can't write her off because mm-hmm. there's some people, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Meredith Allwine. First of all, I'm a huge Meredith Allwine fan. But I don't think that Meredith Allwine is capable of beating a 245 total, let's say, at Worlds this year. I think she's got the capability in her career to do it. And I actually think as Meredith goes up into like the 76s and all this stuff and kind of is in that category for longer, Mm -hmm. I think that you'll see her clean and jerk go kind of through the roof because she's a beast clean and jerker. And I think you'll see bigger and bigger totals. But I don't think that if you... I I don't think there's any chance that Meredith Allwine could beat 245. Mm Mm-hmm. In at, in the seventy ones at Worlds this year is kind of what I'm saying. Whereas Maddie, I think can, uh, and I, I also think Kate numbers Kate's numbers could go up, but Maddie can do it. And I actually love to see this competition mm-hmm. between them because you know we've talked about it personally a bunch of times. But one of the things that's kind of annoyed us in international lifting the last couple of years, you already know what I'm going to say, is is Lydia's kind of like uh, decreasing numbers but increasing metal count. Yeah. Um, and kind of like the... Like, we, we, I think we all get annoyed. It's not so much... Like, Lydia's a good lifter. Really good lifter. Don't get me I mean, I don't mean anything bad by saying good lifter. But Lydia's, like, not doing the numbers that I think we all know that she's capable of doing is yeah. the reason why it's frustrating for us. Yeah. If we thought that she was doing the numbers that she was capable of, I don't think that we would be uh, kind. I don't know if annoyed is the right word, but we would we wouldn't be as frustrated by seeing her lift. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like you know Lydia just you know it's not that exciting to see to see her kind of. Yeah. Every year, do a couple kilos less in each lift, but yet still just like win worlds and do this and do that. I really love to see competition, and I think with Maddie, this is going to force her to not like to not be in the one hundred three, one thirty two sort of range. Mm. And I actually don't think that by any means Maddie was necessarily like taking it easy or relaxing or whatever because maddie trains hard all the time Mm. and is always working hard and i think she's always like attempting to do her best she's not just thinking i can cruise in here uh, like half-assing my training do 102 132 and just or 130 and just be like okay great because this is actually now, I believe it's the fourth year in a row that Maddie has taken silver at Senior Pan Ams. Oh, okay. So 2016, for sure, she got silver to Lady Solis. 2017, uh, I know she got silver, and I'm guessing it was also the Lady. It might have been Lady. Oh, yeah, it was 2017 was silver to Lady. 
2018, she actually got silver to Mercedes Perez Tigrero, or mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly which names you use properly for her, but um, yeah, Mercedes lifted as like a white uh, 69 last year mm-hmm. at Pan Ams. So that was her third year in a row. Now this is Maddie's fourth year in a row getting silver. And I can guarantee you that Maddie was not taking it easy for this meet, or even the meets in prior years. But it's been a combination of things between Maddie, like she was on uh, Accutane for a while, which really impacted her training um, and brought a lot of her numbers down. Um, and it's been this thing or that thing or, or whatever. But I do, even though I don't think that by any means Maddie has ever sat there and said, I'm the best, I can take it easy, no need to try. Mm. Um, I am really excited to know that, and not so much know, but I'm excited to see what Maddie can do when she knows that if she keeps doing, let's say, 105, 132, or something like that, which are around her best numbers or whatever for the roughly the last three years. If she keeps doing those numbers, she knows she's not going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So that is exciting to me because I really am curious to see what Maddie can really do. Um, and I'm excited to see her get pushed because I think it's actually going to make her into like the best lifter that she can be before Tokyo because every single day she's going to be thinking I got to be better, I got to be better, I got to be better and I don't care how determined you are when you've got someone either right on your heels or in front of you Mm. when you're not used to having anyone in front of you in the US it's going to force you to kind of like raise your game yeah make every training session count because you only have like how many training sessions left it's like you can count them on your I mean you have a couple hundred training sessions left before I mean well maybe more but you have let's say 500 at most training sessions even if you do a bunch of doubles before Tokyo and you only have so many of those that will even be heavy exactly so So I am I'm predicting bigger numbers for Maddie at Worlds because I think it's going to really really light a fire for her Um, you know one thing I will say is that Maddie and her coach are smart and I do think there have been periods since the 2016 time frame where they have taken it a little bit easy mm-hmm. on purpose because they don't want to push Maddie like kind of beyond her limits and push her into injury. Okay. So it's not that the whole it's not that she's been like taking it easy for you know two and a half years now by any means, but it's there have been times where she's kind of gone to meets with no intentions of trying really heavy lifts, mm-hmm. like she went to meets just to kind of like get in a competition to win this to win that there was one point where i i remember keeping track of it because she was wearing hook grip socks or she she actually has really been wearing hook grip socks in competitions for like three years now but there was one point where she went five straight meets where she went six for six so i remember saying like okay well at this point now she's 30 for 30 in the last you know year with hook grip socks um but, uh, yeah, so there, there was a period where she was going six for six, six for six, six for six, okay, you know, 103, 104, you know, 130, 132, 130, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of like six for six, same sort of numbers, same sort of numbers, great numbers, but not improving numbers. 
Um, so she definitely did go through that period, but she also um, has also tried to do bigger numbers at certain points. Like before, a couple months before um, 2017 World, she did a 135 clean and jerk, which as far as I know is her PR, clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so she was she was pushing and pushing and pushing, but um, I really think that there's no better way to be pushed than to know that you need to do more more weight to make it to the Olympics because really Maddie cares the most about making it to the Olympics. Like I don't think that she cares that much about uh, you know U.S. nationals or Pan Ams or even American records. Like she wants all that. She wants to be Pan Am champion. Like she wants American records. But I think you could literally take everything that she's got and throw it out the back of a truck and hand her a ticket to the Olympics and she would be beyond happy. Okay. So that, like, to her, that's the, the thing. Now, if she misses the Olympics, I really feel like it's going to crush her. Like, you know, I'm not saying she would quit lifting because of it. I'm saying like, it's going to really crush her. And I think she knows and remembers that feeling. I mean, I saw her the day after she missed the Olympics in 2016 in the airport in Salt Lake City. So in 20, 2016 Olympic trials, I saw her in the airport on the way back to Florida, and she was just a wreck. Like, she didn't didn't look good, probably hadn't slept. And I think that she remembers that. And, like, that's going to push her really, really hard to know that that's going to happen again if she doesn't beat Kate. Because there can only be one in the 76s, and neither one of them really, I think, has any intention of trying to drop to 64 and beat Maddie Sasser. Although we should mention, Maddie Sasser did a 129 (laughs) clean and jerk. Like, there are some crazy U.S. performances going on at Pan Ams, and we're just skipping right over them because we've got other stuff to talk about at Asians. Either that or... We can't really see them, and we can't track them. I didn't even know about the 129 clean and jerk until a couple hours ago, and for some reason, my employee at Pan Am's hasn't sent me that video. <laughs> um, Ethan, I don't know what you're doing, but the the problem is, is he keeps asking me, "Hey, are there any other videos you want?" And I'm like, "I don't know the results. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to know? Like, I know a couple of the results because I see them either on USA Weightlifting stuff or I see the lifters posting them or someone else posted them or whatever, but I can't look at the results sheet. Like, I don't know because, like, Pan Am Federation's, like, ridiculously terrible at this sort of thing. Like, they're, you know, they never post, like, the, the idea of the Pan Am Federation posting daily results is just the one of the more laughable things I've ever heard. <laughs> like, that, that's the same as, like, the Chinese Federation. Like like selling day passes to the National Training Center or something like that in Beijing, like like literally the thought of it is one of the more ridiculous suggestions or one of the more ridiculous things I've ever heard. Like Pan Am Federation does not do that. Like there's no way they would do that. But um, I mean, they're nice people when you talk to them in person, but their digital marketing is is not is not up to par. Yeah. But anyway, they're. Um, yeah, I, great performances, Team yeah, USA. Great performances by Team USA, but I don't think either one of them has any intention of dropping down to sixty four oh, yeah. and trying <laughs> to beat Maddie Sasser's because Maddie Sasser just did a one twenty nine clean and jerk. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Maddie or Kate could drop to 64 and really compete that well with, with Maddie Sasser. Hmm. Um, I feel like Maddie Sasser is looking stronger and stronger and stronger in that class. And both of them obviously can do, you know, much bigger numbers as 71s, but that weight cut, I think, would just kill them. And I think both of them would just get destroyed by by Maddie Sasser in that class. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Maddie Sasser's on the verge of snatching over 100. She did snatch 100, I believe it was at Pan Am Trials in Chicago, I want to say. Yeah, Pan Am Trials, she snatched 100. Here she cleaned her 129. Like, you know, it's... It's like it's over in my opinion in that class. Like mm-hmm. I would love like Hunter Elam's super cool, uh, really nice, really good lifter as well. Um, but I just don't think anyone's catching Maddie Sasser. Like Hunter not in a year and a half before. Yeah, not in a year and a half. It's just like it's she's Maddie Sasser still getting better, and <laughs> is already way ahead. Yeah. You know, it's it's not you know the momentum is going the wrong way for someone like Hunter Elam. In terms of like Maddie Sasser not getting like worse and worse, um, and and someone you know people like Kate and uh, and Maddie, I feel like have no choice but to battle in the seventy sixes, mm-hmm. and you you really can't count out Meredith Allwine because I do think that you could see her clean and jerking in the forties as a full seventy six mm-hmm. in a year's time, and probably not going to beat Kate Nye's one ten snatch even. But, you know, if if uh, Meredith Allwine is doing 105, 145 yeah. in the 76s, that's, like, a serious thing to be contending with, like, maybe, like, a 250 total. You know, now, granted, Kate and I just did a 245 total, so I don't necessarily see Meredith as, like, a favorite for Tokyo by any means, but you also can't count her out because she is capable of, of a massive clean jerk, in my opinion. But, I mean, and Jenny Arthur really has to go 87. I mean, I, that's why I've been told she will do mm-hmm. um, Jesus. For, for Tokyo. Because I feel like Jenny Arthur, first of all, Jenny Arthur sits a lot heavier than these girls. Like, Jenny Arthur uh, sits well, not well above, but she sits above 76. Whereas these other girls like, are kind of like struggling to make 71. Like, neither one of them has any sort of weight issues with 71 at all. Mm. Both of them would be so much better served if there was, like... Like, if there was, like, a 69 or 70 weight class, it would just be great. Mm-hmm. Like, if there if there was that for the Olympics, both of them would be, would be in much better shape. But, yeah, both Kate and Maddie are just too small for the 76s, but they have no choice but to go 76. Uh, both because of the competitiveness in the 64s and because they're too big for that. And then Jenny Arthur really should go 87 because uh, she will face, like, a much less competitive yeah. landscape there. And given the fact that there's one per class, and there's really no one in the U.S. who, like, who could even come close to Jenny in the 87s. Like, the best athlete in that range, like, in the 90 kilo range was, like, Allie Ludwig, who's now pregnant. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, is either done lifting or taking an extended break. But she's not; she doesn't have a qualification meet. She's not going to. It's, it's not even a factor. She's not going to Tokyo. 
So basically, Jenny should should should, and I think will go eighty seven. But I think the battle between those two girls and three girls, if you include all wine, is going to be like pretty epic. But anyway, now we're at one forty seven. Now it's three twenty five in the morning. I'm giving Gregor more and more work. So anyway, let's start talking about Paris. What do you think about twenty twenty? Oh, I'm just, I'm just oh kidding. God. I'm just I'm just trying to scare Gregor. Okay. Anyway, someone do the uh, ATG ATG coin flip. Is that what it's called? ATG hashtag ATG coin flip. Hashtag ATG coin flip. I'll be monitoring it. Um, monitoring it. Like the Chinese are monitoring us. Yeah. No. There's there's been a policeman in the doorway this whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao ma. Um, all right. I guess that's it. The last podcast we've ever done. Before we go to jail in China. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The last podcast. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, last podcast? What are you talking about? <laughs> <You laughs> we're, just... we're still contractually obligated to do at least six more two-hour podcasts <laughs> in the next 48 hours, Give however long phone, we have. Give me the phone. So I, right. Listeners, I got the phone. I'm ending this. <laughs> I rescued you. One hour, 48 minutes. All right. It was fun. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Ned Aram, at uh, Gregor Winter, at The Two Doctors. Um, at Dr. Boffa. At Dr. Boffa. Is yes. it Dr. Underscore Boffa? Or at, Dr. At Dr. Boffa, I think, one word. One word we don't know and jonas if you're listening uh thanks for letting us hijack your podcast yeah um yeah let's just cut it off bye